Hi, this is Pam and this is Must Love Food. Happy summer? Well, it's spring still, technically, but we are here today to do our summer issue run through and we are really excited because it's a great issue, um, chock full of great things. And I've got John, Robin and Maddie here with me. Um, and we're gonna dive right in since there is so much to talk about. I will give special uh, commendation to John for styling the cover on this. This was a cold salad article that I believe Teresa had the idea of to do cold salads for Cuisine Tonight, which we'll get to when we talk about that. But I just love the the kind of elegance to the to the image and um, the styling on it is, is quite beautiful. You and Teresa did a really nice job, John. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh it was it was fortunate that the uh, tarragon came with flowers. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> that, that really helped. So. Yes, it's something that you don't see that often. Like at first, I had to think about it, and it's it is a beautiful image. Yes, it is lovely. Okay, diving in. Just gonna jump right to tips. Um, and um, this is kind of our one of our best read sections. And I'm going to ask you, Robin, for your, let's just pick out one tip. What is your favorite tip among the bunch? <laughs> okay, because there are a bunch of good ones in there. Uh, oh, I can't do it. Okay, I'm going to give you two. All right, quickly. <laughs> the one that's titled Breaking Bad. And this one, because it's like such an, a duh or an aha moment, if you will. And it's when... You know, pasta is like if you have a long, like a spaghetti pasta and it's too long to put in your pot and you want to break it in half, but those little shards go everywhere. So uh, Maggie Sharp sent in a tip that you break it in the box before you even empty it out. You just take that box and you break it in half. And I thought, is this going to work? It works like a charm. You just snap that box in half the pasta breaks in half you just dump it into your pot and it's ready to go so if there's any little shards they stay in that box and ready to go into the pot it's awesome well <laughs> I, I i'm glad it's a good tip uh blasphemy for my uh i would say my italian grandmother yeah. um yeah. and uh, lydia I who know. i worked with would have issue however this probably right. will come in handy when you're making the um fideos uh, if you need to break the pasta into pieces, if you're not buying actual fideos and you're using um, long stranded pasta that you have to break, that yeah, would be a good if you have, for that. If you've got kids that you just want to make life easier for and not have sure. that big long strand of pasta. So there sure. are a few times when it is okay, I think, to break that spaghetti in half. Not for everybody, but there, when you want to do it, that is a good one. And real quick, I'm going to say, how about those mojito in minutes? Because... Someone near and dear to us, Maddie's mom, had this great tip, and it was just too good not to not to print. Um, you make the base to the mojito, and um, well, Maddie is all about the mojito. Maddie, why don't you share this tip with us? Well, so mojitos is something that our family does love, and we would call it our you know our drink to have on the porch. So when my mom came up with this last summer. Um, you know, we're all out of the house, obviously. And so she still likes a mojito occasionally. And she was gifted some mint from a coworker. And she was like, you know what, I'm going to make up a batch of the base. And she's all about freezing every little thing because she is on her own. And, you know, so she's about those individual containers. So she, she did exactly that. She made the base to the mojitos, froze it. So when she does want a mojito, she does. And ice cube trays. 
Nope. Individual nope. containers. Oh, like, okay. um, they're yeah. like little plastic containers with snap lids on it. You can find them, um, at the grocery oh. store. Yeah. yeah I, I you found know. them at the grocery store. So she basically would make, let's just say, for example, in her mind, I'm making four cocktails. So then she'll divide that base by four. Yep. Got it. Exactly. Okay. Wonderful. So, and then you just have to thaw and add your booze and. And club soda. And you have got a mojito. And yay. Go. Cheers. <laughs> there you go. Fabulous. So, um, there you go. So check out the rest of the tips because there's a lot of good stuff in there today or the, in this issue. And uh, in the now, John, I know what I, I, I would say I've got two here, but what would, what's your favorite in the now item? Um, it, it ends up being the, that waffle iron. Oh, okay. Um, I've come from a world of food service and I know that industrial strength food service waffle iron that you'll find in regular restaurant kitchens and or at the, you know, your free continental breakfast at a motel. And they're just sort of heavy duty and whatnot. This is a really light gauge waffle iron with all the same features and then some improvements with uh, the digital readout and all. So it has all the same uh, advantages of a restaurant. Got it. Uh, waffle iron, but it's a consumer friendly one. So I, that, I really was impressed with that. Okay. Um, and I will just, uh, I think all of the, the other three are really, uh, wonderful, um, items. The, I can totally attest to the can be cocktails. Um, uh, Maddie and I tried them and they're, uh, grab and go perfect for uh, summer outing. Really lovely. And we love the, uh, bees knees cocktail and the can be group of people. So Anyway, um, I'm going to motor into Seasonal Kitchen, and it's uh, blueberries, and this was uh, my article, and one of the things that I really liked is we gave a lot of kind of good um, factual information about blueberries. You know, you always hear that they're an antioxidant and superfood, and so we get into that, and then there's some information on selection, and then we have a sweet and a savory offering. There is a grilled salmon with a savory-ish blueberry sauce, and the sauce has uh, shallots, garlic, um, some olive oil, blueberries, a little orange zest and juice, some balsamic vinegar, brown sugar, and Dijon, then whisk in a little bit of broth and cornstarch so it, it thickens up a little. And it's just simply grilled salmon and just drizzle on the uh, sauce, and it makes for a very quick and seasonal summer meal. And then the lemon and blueberry buttermilk <laughs> loaf cake um, with blueberry coolie. So you've got blueberries in the loaf cake itself which is a very easy uh, cake that comes together with a lot of great flavor. And then a coolie, which is just a real fresh sauce. So that's real simple. You're just taking some blueberries and water and salt and some sugar and lemon juice, excuse me, and just uh, and then just strain that mixture. And um, it adds another nice element to go with the cake. I'll just yeah, say I think that I was a... really greedy for this one. I, I ate more than my fair share of that loaf. So uh... <laughs> it was tasty. <laughs> uh, it made the rounds uh, through friends and whatnot, and it was popular <laughs> with my friends as well. Thank you. Um, and then cuisine tonight, we, as mentioned before, there are cold salads here, and there is a cold Thai crab salad, and it is a serving suggestion. We're serving it in halved avocados. And um, 
Then this was the cover image, chicken, fennel, and tarragon salad. Pretty standard Americana. Um, I kind of went a little bit global with some of the flavors, and this one was the American version. And so I'd almost think of it as a kind of a, a little bit like a Waldorf salad because there are nuts and some apple in there, some fennel, and we're serving it on croissants. You don't need to, um, but you can eat it any which way. There's my take on a Greek egg salad. Obviously eggs, there's dressing with some parsley, cucumber. Oh no, this is stirrings. Bell peppers, <laughs> feta, onion, kalamata olives, pepperoncini, and then the, the dressing is mayo, lemon, zest, and juice, oregano, garlic, Dijon. Um, and I think I add some, yeah, some feta goes in there, which um, helps pull it together. It helps bind it a little bit, but it also adds bumps up the flavor in that. And then last but not least, a tuna niçoise salad, but kind of flavored in a Spanish style. Sherry vinegar and smoked paprika really um, take that into the Spanish kind of flavor. And it's all of these are really great for hot nights and whether you want it for lunch or um, dinner or, or whatnot. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to move into crostatas. These are just beautiful images and um, two wonderful crostatas. And what I loved, Maddie, what you did with this is you had a base dough, a crostata dough that you did, and then you modified it to do a chocolate variation of it. And, um, and then you gave two different filling options. And I know you indicate in the copy here that it's, they're malleable. You can swap out the the fillings for your favorite stone fruit or berry or whatever it may be. Totally. I mean, that's kind of the, it, it's, crostatas are so good in general that you can really make it your own with your favorite fruits. And, you know, and we also even put a layer of um, graham cracker crumbs beneath it just to kind of, you know, make it not as, because sometimes crostatas can be a little soggy, you know, the bottom, the berries, everything cooked down. Um, so we thought that little barrier kind of helped as well. And I love chocolate. So if I can sneak in a chocolate recipe here and there, I am going to do it. So the chocolate crostata took a little bit uh, trying to figure out that dough proportions and stuff. But I think it all came together nicely. And like Pam said, if you swap your fruits with your favorite, um, you can't go wrong. And it's very simple and easy uh, and kind of just like a nice way to enjoy the fresh fruits of summer. And I, as you said, I just love the casual nature of, um, of crostatas too, that, uh, they're rustic looking and, um, the dough's forgiving. Totally. Very forgiving. Because if you do get a little tear or something, when you're rolling it out, you don't have to worry about it. Go, you know, kind of just patch it together a little. It's, it's very forgiving. Nicely done, Maddie. Um, Thank you. And I'm going to move right into Cuisine for Two. It is a shell game. Um, it's all about shellfish. Uh, we have a mussels recipe, grilled Cajun mussels with beer and cilantro. It's as good as it sounds, at least for those of us who love mussels. Um, grilled scallops with plum sauce. They taste as good as they look, and they are gorgeous. Grilled miso clams with basil and lime. And drum roll, grilled lobster tails with anchovy. And really, this was a um, kind of an anchovy butter. 
And then um, as a garnish, optional, you can add a, an anchovy filet if you want or not. But the, it's really the <laughs> butter. And when you grill lobster, it becomes even sweeter. And it just it has a little bit of the char flavor, too, from the grilling. It's just it's succulent. It's just so good. I, I don't you can't go wrong with any one of these recipes, in my opinion. No, they're all solid. And the mussels, I had never really experienced the slap your mama uh, oh. seasoning powder. <laughs> uh-huh. And honestly, that's uh, one of my new favorite seasonings on things. And then I just wanted to point out on the uh, sauce for the kebabs that don't overboil that um, sauce because as it cools, it thickens. So it could return to a jelly-like state. And I, I just want to point out that, you know, I think miso is a, is a with the grilled miso clams, I've just have a weakness for miso so me too and it's good for you <laughs> oh uh, the shiseido um, peppers if you don't or can't find them on the scallops I think a pepadu would work yeah okay. on the scallops recipe one question you mentioned um trying uh to be mindful not to over reduce the sauce for the scallops now if somebody yeah did do that what would you oh i think if you just reheat it and then add a little bit more water back to it it should be fine but great as it cools, then it thickens. And yeah, the little steam pipes on the lobsters, that was just a little caprice there. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anchovy steam pipes. Uh, oh, and the, that uh, I think it's really good that we have a little uh, demo there of putting uh, toothpicks lobster into the prep. lobster mm -hmm. meat. And that uh, really helpful for keeping the shape and the look of it. So Nicely done. And healthy, we have eat a little nutritious. So it's not, you know, you're perfect, but you're you're kind of putting your your healthy foot forward this summer with this um, full meal. Uh, there's an app, there's a main, and and actually you could almost argue that there's two mains, but there could be. Um, and dessert, uh, which I'm really uh, hope you talk about a little bit, Maddie. You bet. So, I mean, the whole goal is just to eat a little better is our is our kind of take on this. So um, you can still have your steak this summer, uh, but just a little, you know, try to opt for a leaner one. And, you know, um, so this idea came about, um, it's kind of a mashup because yes, in the summer you can either grill it or you can do a quick, you know, something in the oven or on the pan. Um, it's whatever you feel comfortable. And actually this, well, it's still spring here. So um, we've even opted to using our, um, our pellet smoker to cook what we want indoors, outdoors, because it's kind of like uh, an outdoor oven. So sure. there's another option. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I did here was I had some air fried avocado fries, which were actually very tasty and I've never had before. So that was a very pleasant surprise. Um, and that was just kind of some sliced up avocados. You did a quick breading, pop it in the air fryer, and it has kind of a chipotle um, kind of dipping sauce kind of thing. And that was just um, plain yogurt with some minced chipotle for the kind of sauce for the avocado fries. Uh, but the main cowbell here is the steak and fideos, which, you know, it all comes together quickly kind of summary with the steak, but also a lot of times we want a little heartier side dish to go with it if we're opting for a smaller portion steak. 
So the fideos, like Pam said, could really be served on their own, even if you want. Yeah, because there's garbanzos in there and there's a lot of, there's some veg and you've got carbs. Exactly. uh, Yeah. And you went a little bit of a sort of Southwestern, maybe Mexican kind of. Yeah, a little mashup of it all, you know, just throw it all into one menu, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's all good. But you said the cowbell, sorry, was the steak and fideos. Maybe I'm jumping ahead, but I hope, like I said, the the paletas were something new for me. Yes, that is definitely something new. Um, Those were something fun. Me and my husband and our daughters actually just tried paletas last year for the first time. So that was kind of something I wanted to try. And, um, they're a little. They're on the healthier side um, compared to ice cream, but they also can be on the you know not so healthy side. So trying to find that perfect middle, we opted for a coconut paleta. So as as you can see, the white one is straight up coconut, um, but we also had fun adding in some uh, strawberries or pineapple, just and even some chocolate into the mix. So we give you a couple different varieties to try for the paletas. And, you know, it was very refreshing. I liked, you know, the fruit ones, but also the coconut on its own was really flavorful and refreshing. It does have a little icy texture to it, um, which like ideally paletas doesn't have too much, but we were trying to limit the amount of fat. And so overall, I think it was a good healthy option for some people to try this summer. Yeah. And you kind of, you use light coconut milk to make it a little healthier and some, a mix of coconut water to also lighten it up. But yeah, I think of it more of like a kind of a cross between a, um, like a creamy popsicle and an, an Italian ice kind of thing. So totally. Yeah. But delish. Yes. Give them a try. Okay. Moving into cold, more of our cold food, um, we have a, um, a trio of gazpachos. John, would you yeah, like the, to... Mm-hmm. The uh, stoplight gazpachos there. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> red, yellow, and green. Uh, mm-hmm. And we start off with the tom- tomatillo and cucumber gazpacho. And they're all, I mean, because they're just blended up, they're really relatively very simple to do um it's just prep work and then it's just uh whizzing it in a great blender uh and what sells all of these um like the tomatillo and cucumber which sounds pretty standard but um the little garnishes on each one are what really sells them in this case they have uh, some granny smiths on the tomatillo and cucumber and then the uh, watermelon and tomato is enhanced by actually adding you know how people like to well i know i personally love to shake some salt on my watermelon and this uh plays into that with uh, uh salty feta and salty olives and that really sells that one um and then for the yellow gazpacho i have uh, just brought in the herbs and some black pepper that bring it over the top and you roast the pepper, which you're very big on, and it's just you're yeah. saying it adds some smoky, complex sweetness. Um, but um, so you don't get a surprise. Start with roasting your pepper. Right, exactly. Don't and you can also grill your pepper if you've yeah, got. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, I was going to say, I probably popped it out on the pellet grill. So Yeah, coming up right next. But there's, uh, yeah, you can throw it on the grill. You can throw it on the stove. You can broil it. You can bake it. So really what you want to do is sort of get the skin charred so you can easy peel it. And then the, the flesh softens. But um, if you are really wanting a cold meal and you don't want to turn your any appliance on inside, turn to your grill. <laughs> And let's segue then into the grill. We have the pellet smoker that, John, you uh, investigated and liked it so much that you bought one. And Maddie, I know you've been in the world of pellet smoking and grilling for a while. So maybe you just want to give a a kind of a brief rundown maybe on the pellet smoker griller. And then you've got a couple of different recipes related to your bonus recipe, your smoked bourbon. Yeah. Um, so the pellet grill, uh, I kept seeing them. I kept thinking, oh, this is all gimmick. This is whatnot. And um, but as I saw their popularity increasing and so much buzz and barbecuers that I respect, grill grill masters have really started to turn towards them and uh, really endorse them. So I wanted to see what was going on. And now, granted, I didn't buy the world's most expensive one, but um I have to say that I've really fallen in love with the convenience. It can give you the smoke and it's easy in uh, turnkey operation like a gas grill. So I, I, it's been really irresistible to just do something on the QT, pop it out there, get it warmed up in 10 minutes or less. And um, things are going really well. And and. Now, there's many new and very expensive ways uh, out there to smoke bourbon, <laughs> which are in the following recipes. Uh, and this is the the uh, poor man's <laughs> way to do it, actually, to um, pour the bourbon into a, a like a Pyrex glass and then put it in an ice bath and then put it on the lowest setting that your pellet will pellet grill will do, which is 180 degrees. Uh, they uh, the pellets tend to smolder just at that point, and um, it works. It takes a little longer than you know if you bought a cloche and a whole rigmarole to go for it. You know, you know, Amaker Schlemmer has them for $300 or something. I don't know what. <laughs> this is you know you don't want to spend as much on smoking your bourbon as you do on your grill. Um, So we have a a rather stout smoked bourbon old-fashioned recipe, and we've got a a spicy sweet smoked chicken, pellet smoked chicken with a bourbon pepper glaze. I will say the inset there shows a little uh, hexagonal tube that you can put the pellets into and ignite separately because uh, as I found with buying a less... uh, reliable pellet smoker that I've set it to smoke at 180 degrees and gone out there and found it at, you know, 250, 300 degrees. (laughs) Not quite sure what's happening there. But to alleviate that using the separate um, tube smoker uh, really helps. So you get the best of both. You can cook quickly and get the smoke in there. And then you can make yourself a, a, a an old fashioned or some uh, smoked chicken with a bourbon pepper glaze, which was right. finger licking good. Yum yum. Yeah, nothing you can do about that. You get the sticky fingers. <laughs> 
And then we have a great article that Teresa did um, on the essential picnic checklist. And what I loved about this that she did was a lot of what the real approach was that try to use stuff that you already have around the house to keep it eco-friendly and inexpensive ways to um, put a picnic together. Find a container. You can even use a backpack if you're taking a if you're doing a bike ride into a park or something. Um, but look around the house. Try to to come up with something maybe that you already have. If you want to eat in style, or I should say in comfort, maybe grab the cushions from your outdoor um, table and chairs. Or if you've got stadium seating, um, you know those foam pads. You can always grab those. That kind of thing. But uh, choose to reuse checklists. I'm just going to say we've got a picnic container, food and food storage, plates and utensils. Uh, I did bring my bamboo utensils. That's something um, that's good to look at. Beverage containers, napkins, tablecloth, seat cushions, and a wet wipe. So just be mindful when you're packing things. The more eco-friendly you can be, the better. You are out in nature, and we want to preserve nature as much as possible. Some food storage info, there's chill out with different beverages and how to um, make things easy and um, just as grab and go as possible. And then keeping the food simple is important. I'm just going to segue into Maddie and I developed a couple of sandwiches here. First, we've got a California veggie sammy with avocado hummus, and then there's a Jersey sub And that's just a kind of classic Italian sub. And sort of the cowbell on that one was buzzing up some jardiniere with some herbs and oil and vinegar and um, using that as your spread. And I advocate for an extra drizzle of vinegar because I like a little tang on my um, Italian subs. But that's the Jersey girl growing up (laughs) for me. I remember the the swim club, late nights at the swim club, when we would always get Italian subs from the little stand on the highway that was just a real mom and pop place. And I love those Italian subs. And anyway, so um, let's segue back to the California veggie, Sammy, if there's anything you want to say about that, Maddie. It's... um, I mean, it's pretty simple. It's, you Mm -hmm. know, it's chock full of all kinds of veggies and, you know, it as well could be turned to whatever you want it to be. Um, You could even throw meat on there if you want or, you know, some cold cuts or whatever, but it is, you know, it is hearty and delicious and refreshing. So, and the real cowbell kind of is probably the avocado hummus. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, you know, it's it's very filling and um, tasty. And it looks delicious. I mean, it looks beautiful. Okay, here was a fun article. I'm, I'm trying to breeze through since we have a lot of pages. Um, <laughs> and this is outdoor movie entertainment. A lot of uh, communities offer movies outdoors. And whether you go to a drive-in, if your town still has one or, or area still has one, or like I said, a lot of communities have movies that they show outdoor in parks or wherever. And I I did it when I lived in New York and I've done it here in Des Moines. And so, um, John, you came up with some really fun snacky snacks and you put your adult hat on with your kid heart. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) This was just too much fun to do. And it was, it lent itself so easily for the writing and the article itself. Um, 
And the snacks are just addictive. If you make nothing else in this, I highly, highly, highly recommend the copycat Butterfingers from scratch. You, yes. you just, it's, it's unfathomable how close to the original I think they taste. And the whole idea of the base being candy corn and peanut butter is just bizarre, but it works. And they're yeah. cornflakes too. So uh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, no, it really is the the eye opener. It was an eye opener for me as well. And I have to say, because it's so close to the original, you know, as a as a copycat type recipe, that you'll find yourself uh, picking that nougat out of your teeth. You know, that's that's the oh yeah true sign <laughs> of a good butterfinger. So, <laughs> and yeah, the other ones are simple to put together, so you're not really going to kill yourself making them. We have Frico chips, which, well, that makes enough for me. I don't know what the rest of you are going to eat. So, you know, <laughs> and that's 32 chips. So you, you'll have to figure that one out yourself. But uh, Maddie's husband really liked those. I do remember that. <laughs> um, and the poppable, he's, he also really liked the potato chips because he's like, those are dead. Those like, are the ones I'm talking sit about. there and just pop them in your mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's what I was talking about. Yep. <laughs> It was it was great. Well, I was going to say too. Besides the community type, things, uh, driving around my neighborhood, I can look at other people's backyards and whatnot, and I do see people have a screen set up in their backyards. It's really a kind of a thing that people are doing now, mm-hmm. and you'll see it in television ads even where right, you know, people are having that backyard movie going on. And we have the snacks for you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and I love for, for where's this time we did kitchen cheers and kitchen cheers are, (laughs) they are such an essential piece of equipment for your kitchen. And, uh, I travel with a knife roll when I'm going places and and cooking now. Um, and I always bring kitchen cheers with me (laughs) and they were not put away at all. So John, you, uh, you did the deep dive in, in this and, um, Mm -hmm. is there anything in particular you want to mention or? Well, I, in my advanced age and with my wife as well, is that I talk about the the jar and screw cap opener and the handle. Well, there's sort of two. If you look at the image, there's one in the handle and there's one on the blade. And in the main image, first on page uh, 58, you can see the, that on the handle or on the blades, yep. there's a notched the teeth yep. on there. Uh, and as I say, with our advanced age and our hands getting more rickety all the time, those gripping teeth on that kitchen shears really helps pull out the cork on a champagne bottle so <laughs> <laughs> or Prosecco. So. Good really to know. Nice. Quick, quick work of it. So Well, perfect. Yeah. So when you've got movie night outside, bring your Henkel's um, shears <laughs> along and you can pop the cork on your champagne. Perfect. Mm-hmm. You got it. Just don't drop uh, the bottle. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yes, if you if you have to make a decision about which one falls to the ground, you know it's the shears. (laughs) They will take a licking and keep on ticking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to move into our um, flame kissed veggies. This is a collab with Stephen Reichlin from his latest cookbook, How to Grill Vegetables. We had this book for maybe. six months or a year and we we had to wait for the right season to introduce it but we just loved the content in this in this uh cookbook and they're just every every recipe 
turned out beautifully. They weren't too complicated. And they, it was sort of like, oh my, how simple is that? But how good is that? Yeah, it was hard to narrow it down when it came down to it. Um, all of the vegetables, like the recipes in there were outstanding and versatile and just simple. And, you know, it really highlighted the vegetable, whether you thought about it or not. And um, it was hard to pick, but I really loved the broccoli and the style of Thai saute. It just really was phenomenal flavor and, you know, something I never would have thought to do with broccolini, you know, so it's, it was savory and sweet and had crispy shallots and, and peanuts and it was really good. But, um, the Brussels sprouts were tasty as well. They had some sage dates, um, some artisan bacon and, you know, and then it also gets, you know, coated in some yummy honey and all kinds of goodness. So, um, it is a great way to get yourself or even kids maybe to try some vegetables, but, the, the, also, the burn ends with the zucchini was very clever, and you know that so one pretty. too so was clever. phenomenal. So it's Stephen Reichlin's "How to Grill Vegetables," and there's over 125 recipes that feature creative grilling and smoking techniques centered around veggies. And just note: not every recipe is vegetarian. Meat and seafood are used to enhance the flavors of the veggies rather than overshadow them. So. Uh, it's not necessarily a no meat or no protein, animal protein book, but um, it uh, takes a backseat to the vegetables. This really is so the vegetables shine. Okay, so um, for class this time, we've got tempura. And tempura, a lot of people might not think of uh, tempura for, um, for summer, but it reminds me of the Italian Frito Misto, which is very summer. And the beauty of this is that it's a very light batter. And it um, it's kind of like a stir fry. It really comes in the prep work. You got to get your stuff together first and get it all organized. And then it comes together pretty quickly. And even the prep is not it's not intense or massive. It really is just prepping some veg, cleaning up some some shrimp or whatnot. And you do not have to limit yourself to the things that we, we mention here. Um, no. You can really add anything else. But we do give um, some prep information on vegetables and on the shrimp. And so, but you've got a... Um, a simple tempura batter recipe and um, and then three different dipping sauces. And we just really emphasize, as I said, prep it up, then heat it up. Um, and once the, the um, oil is heating, then mix up the batter and then fry it up. It's really that simple. And is oh, there and anything? Then heat you, it up. Right, <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, is there anything you want to add to that, Robin? Yes, I wanted to add the eat it up. Yeah, it's it's really at first I thought, oh, I don't know, I don't I don't fry very much, and but gosh, it is it's not hard, and just jump right in there and do it, and you'll you'll be glad you'll be glad you did because it is light. It's such a light batter. It's it's enjoyable. It's so enjoyable. It's not heavy or really weigh you down. Um, it's really good. And those dipping sauces, oh my, those are delish. They really are. It was hard to make a favorite. I thought, oh, no, this one. And I thought, uh -huh. no, I think I like this one better. <laughs> so, no, this one. So, I, I suggest uh, just jumping right in there and, and going for it. And there's some, some great step-by-step -step, um, 
pictures here and captions to walk you through the process. And, um, and then, as I said, there's some info on um, kind of how to just organize your time. And um, mm -hmm. if you follow it that way, you will be good to go. And I will just mention too, if you, for whatever reason, don't have a thermometer to temp your oil, this is a little tip that we've had floating around for a while. And it's a one inch cube of bread toast in about 50 to 60 seconds at 350 to 365 and 40 to 50 seconds at 365 to 380. So that's a gauge. Ideally, I would temp this for best success. You really want to temp your oil. But if you don't, that is something you can try in a pinch. You've got a, you've got a backup plan just in case. Okay, tis the season for hot dogs and hamburgers. And this is a go quick go-to guide for really success for making your burgers and dogs this season. I will also note that we've got two images. We have a, a hot dog and a hamburger that are on the opening spread, and they are both uh, recipes that are on our website. One is the green chili cheeseburger, and the other is the SoCal dog. Oh my gosh, that has to be one of my favorites. It is so unique, but it's one of those things that you're like, wow, I can't believe this actually works and goes together and is really, really good. I think it's sort of kind of along your the comment you made earlier about salting your watermelon. It's sort of like prosciutto and melon, where you've got like the sweet from the mango and the salty from the hot dog that just really worked together really well. And there's avocado on here too, if I remember. It's just, it's really refreshing um, and very tasty. But so we just give you some key tips, you know, not just doing a dog and dog and burger, not a dog and pony, but a dog and burger party <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just throw it on the grill. This just kind of takes it to the, maybe the next level and really sets you up for success. And onions are one of the, they're, they're so common in cooking and they're a workhorse in the kitchen. Uh, we get questions about different varieties of onions, uses, and uh, some info. So this is really an info between about um, onions as a whole and then breaking it down into green onions and bulb onions really is just good info for you. Moving right along, presto pesto. So Robin, you came up with four unique pestos. Wanna... Yeah, it was fun. It was fun to uh, look at pesto in a different way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, usually I just think, oh, you know, some basil and there you're, you're good to go. But no, there's lots of different ways to jump in there. And so we've got a sun-dried tomato and a chipotle pesto, kind of a little bit on the spicy side, but not too bad. It just depends on how you can make it as spicy as you want. It's got chipotle in adobo. So you can add more, you can add less. You can just adjust that heat the way you want it. I thought they were good on a lot of things. We're showing them here in the, in the photo with uh, quesadillas. Makes a nice dip, makes a nice topper for whatever you want. There's a parsley and walnut pesto. I'm not huge on walnuts, but I'll tell you what, I really liked them in this with the parsley. I thought it was a good pairing there. Um, it's got some Parmesan cheese in there and garlic and lemon. And it does, this one does have, with the parsley, it has a little, mostly parsley and just a little bit of basil. So a little bit of a background note of basil in there. Um, and we're showing that on a pork, uh, pork loin roast. So maybe you haven't always thought about doing your, your pesto with meat. And maybe you have, but it's a, another option that maybe you haven't I've, thought about before. I've stirred pesto into eggs, which is really nice. Oh, yeah. Like oh, scramble. Yeah. Nice way mm -hmm. with eggs. Mm -hmm. Great with eggs. Great with 
pasta, which the next one is a bacon pesto. Um, and it's got bacon and spinach and a little bit of basil in there. And did I mention bacon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did I mention that bacon? <laughs> and bacon drippings. So we've got, for the, uh, with the oil, we've got bacon drippings too. So we're carrying that bacon all the way through. Yeah, and so I've got that stirred into some pasta. And, oh, I thought it was delicious. It really is. So it's, who doesn't love bacon? Well, some people don't, but I do. <laughs> anyway, and the final one was an olive and mint pesto. So this one kind of reminds me of a tapenade, only smoother. And it just, it's got black olives in there, but you know, and, and mint and shallots and capers and lemon and, and zest. But although I've started with black olives here, you know, you can put a mix of olives in here. So you don't have to stick with those black olives. Just go to the refrigerator. If you've got something else in there, go ahead and do that. Mix and match. You don't have to, it's like a, a base recipe. Feel free to change it up however you've got. If you've got some other kind of olive in there, swap it out or, you know, or part of them, whatever you want. So it's a guide. It's a guide. I thought you did really great here, Robin. It made me think outside the box for all. I mean, like they were just so unique and fun and different because you always think of just basil for pesto. But it's well, like these were really so cool. And they come together very quickly. I mean, these are, you know, oh, gosh, to, yeah. to make them, I mean, I don't think one is longer than 20 minutes and because you have to right. cook some bacon. I mean, it's a pesto at its essence is an herb, some cheese, a nut, some oil kind of thing, right. and you buzz it together. And so you pretty much have that formula going here. You've kind of swapped out maybe in a couple of places where you would have a nut, maybe bacon and an olive or something. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, it's it's just a puree of of stuff that mixes together right. beautifully and becomes right. kind of a paste. And yeah, and so many so, ways you can do it. I mean, stir them into mashed potatoes, right? Or just you know on some you know crostini, and there you are. Got a quick and easy little appetizer. Lots of little ways to go. Cheese. About it. A little cheese on topper. Yep. 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 Fantastic. So mm -hmm. most likely you're adding some olive oil. So let's segue Indeed. into olive oil primer. Olive oil is our primarily our, our workhorse in the test kitchen. It's really what we use most. And this is a, uh, there's been a lot written about olive oil in the last many years. Things I learned in doing this article, um, really about labeling, I found very interesting. I am I read every olive oil label now when I go to the store to buy olive oil. So this is a really informative article that dives deep into choosing an olive oil, but how it's made and graded, uh, color flavoring, you know, using it in the kitchen and then storing it. The differences between extra virgin, virgin olive oil and pumice oil. And really, like I said, the, how to read an olive oil label. Because I think that's one of the really is helpful for people when they're buying one. It tells you really what to look for. And then without giving you an exact recipe, it's um, just a brush stroke of making a vinaigrette. And so vinaigrette typically is, is I mean, at its simplest, it's olive oil and an acid add a little seasoning, salt and pepper, and you've got a vinaigrette. 
but we're kind of giving you a little bit more. Typically for a classic vinaigrette, you're adding maybe an aromatic and maybe an emulsifier like a Dijon or something. I tend to add a little honey too, just to usually tone down some of the acidity. I mean, you could add a little bit more oil, but but anyway, it gives a, the staples, the ratio and the method of how to make it. It's pretty simple and it just brings the olive oil um, story home. I'm going to move into our summer bash. And Maddie and, and uh, Robin, you guys tag teamed on this. Well, it was fun. We started with an Italian beef sandwich. So we just kind of went big there. And it's um, in the slow cooker. So it's a little bit of prep on the front end and just let it go. So you're ready when it's ready whenever you're ready. First, we start with a little rub on top of there, a little spice rub. Give it a little brown, put it in there with um, onions and pepperoncini and beef broth and uh, we also have a cup of cola in there like a, a coke but not diet and some worcestershire sauce and just let it do its thing then when it's nice and tender you shred that up and put it back in dip it in there with that sauce again and it's so good on a toasted hoagie bun with some pepper you know provolone cheese and some more pepperoncini or or uh, cherry peppers and uh, that was a pretty good sandwich very tasty and you did a nice yeah. Italian-themed uh, pasta salad to go with it and a lemonade, um, Italian oh, sparkling yeah. lemonade that was really, looks so refreshing. And But I, I want to make sure we so, have time to talk about the no-churn peanut butter but and chocolate ice cream dessert. sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, but the yeah I mean, we've, we've talked about doing no-churn ice cream for a long time, and uh, this was kind of a way to get Kind of a quick recipe together, um, still home, semi-homemade. Uh, you make the peanut butter cookies first, you know, which all this can be made ahead, you know, or it's prepped It's not semi-homemade. It's all homemade. Well, I mean, like the no-churn ice cream, it's kind of like you're using sweetened condensed milk instead of making like an actual ice cream base. That's where I was saying semi. Okay. But, oh, but it's so good. Exactly. The, yeah. The cookies are delicious, and that chocolate ice cream is in between. You don't need the cookies if you no, want just chocolate totally. ice cream or <laughs> yeah. if you just want cookies. They're both good, but they are excellent together. I mean, they really are. It's it's good all the way around. And since it is a no-churn ice cream, it is going to melt a little quicker. So if it does start melting, I just kind of made a note that, you know, pop it back into the freezer and just wait a little bit for it to reset and, you know, work in batches. So make a few ice cream sandwiches at a time, take a break, come back. Um, and we just, you know, wrapping them individually makes it so easy for when you do have guests or, you know, someone who wants to grab it one out of the freezer and go and just let it sit for a second. But these were definitely very tasty. They were indeed a fan favorite here. <laughs> very much yeah. so. I'm going to segue now into Cocktail Workshop, which I just loved this. This is a book that we were sent, and it's called The Cocktail Workshop. And it is just a very interesting approach to a cocktail book. We ended up selecting four cocktails, and we give a, um, a little uh, list on some key pieces of equipment that you um, really help in uh putting together uh, cocktails if you have these things in your home bar. Maddie, is there anything you want to kind of note here? Uh, we just kind of try to keep it. I mean, there was so many recipes to choose from. And, you know, obviously you're going to, you know, love this book for all the different classes and options there are. 
Um, they gave a lot of different variations for like a bit, you know, for like one recipe or, you know, so it was really cool, but we focused kind of, you know, just some fun summer things for different, like the garden gimlet, um, the bottle rocket, you know, just the fun kind of you'd think of like with summer um, and mm -hmm. a Negroni. So, no, I think um, the other thing that was really shocking was the margarita raspado. I'm mm -hmm. totally probably saying it wrong because, you know, who doesn't want an adult snow cone? It's like a margarita <laughs> in a snow cone form. So um, that one was fun and cool, too. So just wanna... lots of cool things. And one of the things I really liked, there was a lot of information. There were a lot of tip information in the book. And there was sort of a bigger workshop in each book to dive deep into how to do certain um, things to to um, make your cocktails really sing. But um, I'm not really explaining it too well. But it is a very unique and interesting and really is a workshop, the, the, exactly. book, the way that it's approached. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to maybe just have you maybe comment on the chamoy. Sure. So that is a sweet and sour condiment made from chilies and fruit. And the fruit is typically kind of like mango or plums. Um, and I actually found it at a Mexican market. It's a typical Mexican ingredient. Is that right? Yes. So you can mm -hmm. definitely find it there. And a lot of times, sometimes even in the regular, in the Mexican aisle at um, grocery stores as well. Um, it's kind of just a fun little thing. So it's like a margarita that you're pouring over shaved ice, which we actually did not get a shaved ice machine. We just buzzed it up in the um, good old Vitamix. So you can still make these at home without a, you know, shaved ice machine. Now we're getting into shrimp. We had a whole lot of shrimp in this issue. And so we get down and dirty and talk all about shrimp uh, in a couple pages here. And it really, um, we're talking about how to really make sure that you've got good quality shrimp. And um, so you're looking smell, texture, color, and um, some purchasing and storing info, peeling and veining, cooking. One of the things that I think was the most important and um, is the um, shrimp are sized by how many make up a pound. You probably have seen this on the bags of shrimp that you've bought before. So for example, 1620s mean that there are 16 to 20 shrimp per pound and sizing can vary. So the names are merely a guide. So what one person says is extra large another person might say is large or jumbo. So it's best to go by the numbers as opposed to the names when you're buying shrimp. And so that is um, kind of, a, I think, one of the key pieces of, of info. And then there's um, also how, how to prep shrimp and how to devein it. So um, and then now that you know how to store and work with your shrimp and what shrimp to buy, um, you can make one of these four delicious recipes that Robin came up with in one in four, um, all about shrimp. Right. The first one is a shrimp pizza that is actually kind of based on a, a family favorite in our home, which we called shrimp pizza, but it was an appetizer and the base was cream cheese and it was like a dip. So... We made it into a pizza pizza here where it is a pizza crust. And um, actually, I think I like it better than our family version. So it's a lot of fun. It really is a, a shrimp pizza. And then there's another one, uh, Bang Bang Shrimp Pasta. A little bit hot, but not bad. It's pretty tasty. We like that one a lot. Got to do a, a light version. So a, a shrimp and chickpea salad, because who doesn't like a salad and shrimp? 
there you go. And then last but not least, how about an appetizer and a little bit blackened shrimp, cucumber bites with guacamole and remoulade. So, and you've got kind of cool with the cucumber and, yes. and, and the um, avocado and whatnot. And then you've got the spice from the, um, from the shrimp and it just makes for a lovely appetizer and, um, right. yeah, a little bit of Cajun seasoning on there too. So you get a little bit of, a little bit of warm, a little bit of cool and uh, yep. a nice little summer bite. Well, and speaking of summer bites, um, uh, moving into faster with fewer, um, I'll just ask if there's any one in particular that you really like, um, first up is a bite and then there's, um, you have a dip in there. That's really lovely too, but, um, I know. And I love yeah. sweet corn, so it was kind of hard to choose. Uh -huh. Um, I know the, uh, well, the sweet corn bruschetta with strawberries and tomatoes. I love the combination of strawberries and tomatoes and, and the corn. So the corn in there was a little bit different for me. I love that one and simple to put together. Um, pasta with basil, another kind of a light dish. Um, I love that one too. So if you're gonna ask me a favorite, I'm gonna go like, no, I'm gonna have to tell you about all of them. Um, <laughs> the, gr the grilled corn Mexican, the Mexican corn dip, you know, you grill that corn and so it gets that nice little charred flavor and then you mix it in with, um, you know, mayonnaise and sour cream and make a dip out of it. So it, the, you know, the grilled part stands up to that, to that dip part. And so I liked that part too. And then um, a warm corn chowder salad. So, Oh, you know, I mentioned that I wanted to do a salad in there. So, yep, I brought that concept here too. So it's the flavors of corn chowder um, into a salad. So there you go. Short and sweet. Perfect. <laughs> okay. So no, not picking a favorite, all four no, favorites. It's okay. I love them. I love sweet okay. corn. So. <laughs> and I will just kind of do a, a quick down and dirty on Q&A. My kind of favorite Q&A here, I think, is the how does altitude affect boiling water and baking quick breads? It's a good little guide. These are not hard and fast rules, but it is just a guide to help you have success if you are baking or cooking at altitude. Um, and then I'll just uh, mention, we had gotten this question from um, Tom Bernstein from Sarasota, Florida, and he was curious about salting pasta water. We highly recommend you salt it. Um, and in fact, um, I've got my friend now saving her pasta water in a jar in her fridge. Uh, we turned it into sauces when we were away, um, just an enhancing, we didn't have, we didn't have stock. And so, oh, we need a little bit of something here. I said, add a little pasta water to it. It's salted. It's, it's got a little starch to it. So it's, it's a little kind of down and dirty stock, but, but anyhow, um, whether you should salt it in the the front, uh, when you turn on the water or once it boils, we do it when it boils and in the test kitchen, that's how I do it. Sometimes you'll get a blow up, um, because when, if you've got a rapid boil going on, um, your water and then you throw in some salt and it's breaking the surface, it a lot of times causes it to kind of erupt like a volcano. What I've done is I put a spoon in to break the surface before adding the salt in, it does help minimize that. Um, but if you are salting the water at the beginning, it's best to stir it until you kind of see it mm -hmm. dissolve or it can corrode your pot a little bit. It can pit it up. 
highly recommend salting and how much salt, um, I think we probably said about a tablespoon for a pasta pot. I mean, there, I'd have to go back and remember exactly what um, the ratio is, but you want it fairly salty. Most Italian chefs will say, you know, you want it to taste like the seawater. So I will go into last, but definitely not least, grand finale, drum roll, cool as ice, peach and blackberry freezer dessert. This will cool you off on a hot summer day. You know, it looks like it's kind of a lot, but you just take it step by step and it really is kind of a fun little dessert to put together and then you put it away and you don't have to think about it until it's time to serve it. So you are making, you're using a loaf pan and really you're using store-bought cookies and you're using fresh fruit. You're whipping some cream, is that right? And mascarpone? Yeah, cream cheese and and mascarpone. Okay. you, You. Yep, and some heavy cream. You got some of that in there. So you're whipping that together and, and making this delightful little fluff. And you're, you're making a little bit of a jelly or a little bit of a jam. You got So you've got that. You're making a blackberry jam. Just boiling some blackberries with some sugar. Making and that so you, so you have, what, three components then? The, so the, the cake part is really purchased cookie. And then you've got a right. fluff part. You have a fluff mm-hmm. part and a jam part. Right. Is that right? Okay. Well, and then you have a frosting part, which again is just okay. marshmallow fluff that you Okay. So it's not a big deal either. So So, so in between yeah. the layers is the the mascarpone and cream cheese mixture and then the topper is the fluff mixture. Right. Okay. Right. And you just make layers and then you just are going to uh you freeze it. And so it goes yeah. in the freezer. And you're going to freeze it for at least six hours or overnight or longer if you want to. So it's a make good make ahead dessert. Mix the whip, another little bit of whipped cream with that marshmallow fluff and frost it. And there you go. And it looks, it looks pretty and it tastes good. It's very refreshing, light and refreshing. Great for a summer day. And, and after he, it's frozen, it's like ice cream. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Any particular tips um, that you, um, important for uh, layering assembly or um, cutting or thawing? Is there anything to, to note that, or anything? Um, it's pretty simple to do. After you frost it, you probably want to put it back in the freezer for a little bit, let it set up a little bit. It'll make it easier to cut. And while the blackberry jam to make is, is easy and it doesn't take very long, it's really good. You can buy jam and use, you know, you don't have to make that either. It's what you're making is not as probably as sweet as what you're going to buy, but it doesn't really matter. If you don't want to do that, you don't, you can purchase jam too and spread it between the layers. So there's that. And, there's that and lining the, 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 um, loaf pan really is kind of key to unmolding. Yes, you correct? definitely want to do that. So you can pull it out. So you want to have an overhang. So you can make it easy to pull that that cake right out of that pan, um, and it will make it a lot easier to unmold it and, and save you a headache. And, uh, <laughs> and you didn't have to set it in water or anything. It just no, really, okay. you don't because okay. if you just let it sit out for just a little bit, and that should, you know, if you have any trouble with it pulling out, just let it sit for just a few minutes, and it should loosen it right up. But that's why if you have that overhang around the edge, you should be good. Fantastic. 
Well, kids, I know this was kind of a sprint, but I'm excited for everyone to have this issue in home, in their homes, and start cooking from it. There was a lot of time and love and energy that went into making it, and we would love to hear what you all think about various recipes and tips and techniques, and um, there'll be more to come, and look forward to having you come back with us for the next episode when there will be more must-love food. Until then... Please cook with us, and thanks for listening. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel-good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom Cuisine at Home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.